Welcome to SelfDiscoveryRadio.com. With over 1,400 shows, we have the answers for you. Enjoy your listening on SelfDiscoveryRadio.com. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. Welcome back to Their Story Matters. I am your host, Sarah Troy, and my guest today is Norma Burnson. We're going to be talking about sustainable food for the globe, but more than just the food, the sustainability of our very person. Um, we've kind of got misconstrued of what sustainability is, and we've also forgotten what food should be. Um, she is um, a co-founder of the Energam University, which we're going to be discussing as well. She's an author with several books here all around the sustainable food for the globe. Uh, she's um, a person that absolutely loves this earth and everything on it, um, believes that everything has the right to grow, everything has the right to the best it can be. Uh, that's every living thing. That's the vegetables right up to us folks. And um, heart and passion is completely not worn on her sleeve. It's it perceives her. She walks in, heart comes in first. Uh, Norma's passion for life, passion for the humanity, passion for the the children of this planet um, is absolutely uh, her complete goal in life. And so let's take the journey with her and find out how we can help the children of tomorrow, teach them to know sustainability of the food for the globe, um, what the Energam University stands for, um, and what she's trying to get across to that next generation, um, which means that we've got to get through to this generation as first. So welcome to the show, Norma. Well, hello, and welcome you too. <laughs> <laughs> now, Norma and I can get into conversations that can go on for hours, um, and we've just had like almost an hour conversation before we've even started the show. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and we're both very, very passionate about the planet and, uh, you know, what we can do to uh, bring it back not only to sustainability but to harmony. Um, yes. So, Norma, this this has always been in your heart, the love for Mother Earth. Well, when I was younger, I was in international trade and I um, exported medical equipment from the United States overseas, and I recycled it because I got used medical equipment from some leading hospitals who were getting state-of-the-art equipment and I would take this recycled equipment, uh, refurbish it and then take it, sell it overseas for the cost. And then I retired and I decided, oh, I just want to be a gardener. I just want to deal with the plants and deal with it. And in 2012, um, a couple of things jarred me. The first was there was a lot of coverage and naysayers saying that we're going to run out of food. That year my grandniece turned five and I was thinking if this is going to happen 15, 20 years down the road, what is this young child going to eat? Mm -hmm. And at the same time that, and that started mulling in my mind, Richard Branson came out with Plan A isn't working, we have to go to Plan B. Mm -hmm. Now, he was talking to entrepreneurs who are very young and can get an airplane and can travel around the world. And as you know, I'm not that young and my health has been an issue for many years. So I was thinking, how can I do something for my grandniece, but also for all these children that I see walking back and forth to school, the children that I see going to church, the children I see on TV commercials. I mean, 
and the children that I see, the pictures of the children around the world where, where they're, they're, they're starving or they're sick, or it's just very painful for me. Mm -hmm. So I decided, what can I do? And since I, <laughs> this is funny, since I love gardening, I came across a very interesting thing called square foot gardening. And I didn't know anything about it, but I thought, wow, this is really interesting. So I contacted a gentleman by the name of Mel Bartholomew. I had no idea who this man was. And I contacted him out of the blue and I said, hi, my name is Norm. I want to write a book. I hear that you do the square foot gardening. Can you help me? And he says, well, why do you want to do this book? I said, because I really believe that your system could um, help us get rid of the hunger in the world. I believe that the system is portable. It can go anywhere in the world. It could be inside a house. It could be outside a house. And it's fantastic because it's only four square feet, six inches tall, and you can grow enough food for a family. Mm. So you can imagine if you had these um, raised beds, two, three, four, in a community, you can teach someone in the community to get those beds going, make themselves self-sufficient, and then keep this going and going, grow food for themselves, but enough food to barter. So they don't need to be subjected to the finances of other people. And so Mel was wonderful and helped me put the book together. And I put it out. And my brother-in-law came and said, Are you really talking to Mel Bartholomew? And I'm like, Yeah, he's my friend. And he says, Do you know who this man is? And I said, Yeah, it's my friend Mel. He's just done this thing with, with the square foot gardening. He says, no, this man has been in business 40 years. And he is, he is uh, he has a foundation. He has written books. And I was like, I'm so glad I didn't because I would have choked. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. So that was the beginning. And from there, it just opened doors. I, I it, it was a friend of ours, Dr. Julius Cleese, uh, she says it's the little book that could, yeah. <laughs> and, and it was, and it yeah. is. And um, but you know, I, it's the poignant thing of, of the time, 2012. You know, 2012 was the you know the um, the shift energy, um, you know, moving from a third to fifth dimension, a raising up of the f uh, global frequency, and a time of people waking up to consciousness. So the fact that this kind of came across to you at that time was just you know it was your invitation from the universe to take this path. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. And from there, um, I actually, my background in gardening was all flowers. I mean, my wisterias, roses, um, trumpet vines, hollyhocks. And when I wrote that book, I said, well, if I'm going to explain this, I better learn how to do it. And it was the first time that I had grown vegetables. And it was amazing mm -hmm. the energy of taking a potato out of the ground and saying this came from a plant yeah. which brings me to a very very a point that's that's really very important to me and this I have as you know I'm involved with Energy University and I run the ambassadors program we're just starting that and it's going to 
be launched in January. Um, one of the persons who I was interviewed to be an ambassador posted, <clears throat> excuse me, posted something on the internet and asked people to give him feedback. And the answer was, "This is too long. Nobody's going to pay attention." And I was not very happy with that. And I said, "Excuse me, are you telling me?" that the people who are going to study these courses do not have the wherewithal to pay attention. Mm-hmm. And I said, that's like you telling me, I just put a seed in the ground, a pumpkin seed, and in 10 seconds you want a pumpkin patch. Yeah. It doesn't happen. I hear you. <laughs> it's the same things with these shows. <laughs> I hear the you. next thing is what I find, in, the other thing that I, that I have gotten... I've received this information from from a friend and it blows me away because you know Sarah we don't see ourselves as other people see us no. it's like if you're a rose on a, on a vine you see everybody else but you say oh I only see my thorns I don't see my roses you know but this friend of mine um, he said that I give away uh, positive energy that I'm always saying that and he brought to my attention the problem of labels, labeling people, either you're um, you're from a culture that speaks a different language, or you practice a religion that's not like mine. And I said to him, you know, it's interesting that you bring that up, because my take on that, my perspective is, if I plant a strawberry plant next to, let's just for the sake of argument say, a banana and then another tomato, and the banana decides to take control and say, well, you can't be a strawberry. you got to be a, a banana. And the tomato says, are you kidding? And he goes, well, you got to be a banana too. And if you take that, the vegetables and the fruits and the nuts, and then take it to the trees and all the animals and everything living on this planet and telling it, you can't be that. It sounds ridiculous. So why do we do that to human beings? Why do we do that to ourselves, to our neighbors, to our family members, and to everyone else in the in the planet? And, and, and that frightens me and makes me very very sad. Yeah, yeah, and that's you know that is the thing is, um, you know, we have to take ownership and responsibility of who we are and what our choices are in the world. You know, find our meaningful purpose. Um, step out there in in full abundance of self so that we can be of service to humanity Um, and uh, you know the label I'm a woman I can't get away from that you know I am probably so and you know these are it's rather like the jam jar you know this is jam it's not pickles exactly right Um, and if we look at it as an identification but not a be all on the end all the jam will tell you what it is the moment you Mm -hmm. taste it it will tell you how you feel about it um, it, it will explain everything that is abundant about it in the tasting of it, but the label is purely an understanding of what category it's in. That's all. It is. It is. It's a. <laughs> I just had this conversation with my husband about two hours ago, and it, it was so interesting because I said, you know, if 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 you take. A, a strawberry jelly or a strawberry jam and and you eat it it doesn't matter because we created these words yes so I can call it you know 
rum, 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 rum. Yeah. I can invent that word right now and say, this jar has rum, 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 rum. But you are saying it's strawberry, and this is, to me, the crux of what's happening in our society. We're hung up on semantics. Mm-hmm. How can you tell me global climate change isn't real? Okay, let's say that's true. Explain to me the tsunamis. Explain to me these hurricanes. Explain to me the death of all these birds, of all these fish, of everything that's just declining. And then explain to me how is it that by denying climate change, you can deny the reality of what everybody else is experiencing and fighting to survive. Yeah. You know, the thing about climate change is the Earth, if you look at its history, has gone through many, many changes naturally. Yes. But what we have done as human beings is that we've escalated it with our, you know, with our carbon and with the, you know, the rape and the pillaging of the Amazon and uh, mm-hmm. the cutting down of things. You know, our abuse of this planet is what's escalated this planet going through its transition which should take you know a very long time and we've just pushed the button on speed on this rather like you know planting the pumpkin seed hurry up i want you now Mm -hmm. Um, and what we don't realize uh, um, because profit has become the leader um, is that we we are killing what sustains us and Mm -hmm. if we carry on like this we will have nothing left um and the planet will go through its transition. Um, that's what it does. But we do not have to help to get there quickly or destructively, because the changes it's going to go through wouldn't have the impact on it that we're having on it. You know, Harrison Ford, and I'm going to paraphrase him because he says this much better, but he said, we need the Earth. The Earth doesn't need us. Oh, 100%. The Earth can survive very well without us. It will thrive without us. We're the we're the maggots. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's it, yes, it, it's terrible and the short-sightedness. Because mm-hmm. I mean, I have never had children, but I I do have nieces and nephews, and I I feel for them and I love them and I've cried for them at night. I mean, you know, Sarah. It's very difficult for me to take a hot shower, and I don't care if people go, what? When I take a hot shower, I cry because I realize that there are people on this planet that don't have water. And I have the luxury to take a hot shower, get out of that shower, and drink a cold glass of water. And that is one of the things that I'm working with, Rubina Tower, who is a marvelous lady who I want to introduce you to. And we're working on getting her foundation going so that we can build wells to get um, clean, unpolluted water to different people in different parts of the world. And I mean starting here at home and everywhere else that we can do that. You know, the, the, uh, the, the, the shame of it is, is that, you know, North America in particular is the opulent country um, and very abusively so. Uh, we are in so incredibly wasteful with food. Um, we're very wasteful, we're, very, we're disposable society. Oh, it doesn't work anymore, throw it away. Don't think about repairing it. Um, and you know, I've had a few people on, and the, one of them was a young girl, she was about 21, I think, at the time. 
and uh, at the university they devised a toilet seat that um, in very many parts of the world they're still squatting in the ground and this was a, a very easy to clean seat that they could actually sit and have a little more dignity and a little more stability mm-hmm. and it's like here's a young girl doing anything and yet she's recognizing in these third world countries they don't even have the dignity of a, a seat to squat on you know to yes. go to the bathroom and um but the funny thing is and this is everybody i've interviewed that's come from you know those part of the world that works with with people they are much happier as a community because they work together in protecting yes. each other uh, knowing that they can rely on each other that what they do have they're grateful for and you know they're a much happier society than we are over here where it's like give me more 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 i find it very interesting um you talk about disposable an area that 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 I find it's yin and yang the disposability of pets dogs and cats and everything and what has been an eye opener is people who take time to get these pets to nursing homes yes the the senior citizens thrive I have also seen um I had a little dog named Solette and we used to go to a nursing home and I have also seen my little dog in that nursing home just prancing around and making everyone happy when he got out of the nursing home and got into the car he hid under the front seat he was so depressed and I thought what have I done to this little guy Thank goodness I had two other little fur babies, so when he got out of the car, they just started playing, and he forgot about the trouble. But that shocked me, because this little fella could take on that huge responsibility of bringing people back to happy moments, and yet when he left that place, he carried that burden with him. And I find yeah. yes, and I, and I find the dismissing of animals. I just don't get it. No, no. As, as an animal advocate, most certainly not. It's the same when you see people on the street. Well, you're the biggest. Why do they have animals? Because the animals are the the reason for living. Yes. The animals are their best friends. They're they're the person that is on this journey with them, and you see that love and dedication that they have. Which other are unbelievable, so beautiful. I lost my fourteen point seven year old little girl in August, and um you know she had a beautiful death, and I know she's very much with me, but I miss her um you know, talk about a best friend, the loyalty of an animal it surpasses anything any humans can do to each other you know be for each other, and uh yeah, I get into a rampage when I see any form of animal cruelty. Mm-hmm. And I do not understand, you know, um, I had a friend who moved to an apartment and he would love to have had a dog and, you know, would have given a reason to get out, a reason to get up in the day. No, sorry, no dogs allowed. And if you are shortening people's lifespan, you're throwing them into loneliness, you're throwing them into further sickness. You know, having an animal, a cat or a dog, gives them a purpose, gives them a reason to keep going. And we're so short-sighted when it comes to things like that. I work with veterans. I'm a U.S. Navy veteran from the Vietnam era, and I go to the Heinz VA here in Illinois. 
Hines, Illinois. And um, the things that I am working with my um, medical staff, uh, you know, people that take care of me and the community at the hospital are to get um, animals to come and visit the hospital, but also to put gardening, uh, to put uh, gardens in the in the area because it's a very it's a very large um, hospital and it has a lot of land and it, between the caregiving of the the garden and the caregiving to to a companion you come back to life yes because Mother Earth is saying look at my bounty yeah one seed and look at all you got. And, you know, this is the thing we have to stop looking for the instant gratification. Um, I get it with the shows. Why aren't your shows 15 minutes? That's the only attention span. I said, well, then that's not my audience. I'm here for the audience that are hungry for information, hungry for inspiration, and will listen for an hour, two hours, six hours. They're hungry for that. And it's not about, you know, a quick fix or a quick download. Um, we know, because we're older, we've taken the journey that nothing comes to you in a quick fix. An inspiration can, but the process to take that inspiration into fruition will take time. It will take a process. It will seed and grow according to how much we water it, but also in the length of time that it needs to grow. We mm -hmm. can't push things, we can't force things. Um, and yes, it can be frustrating sometimes because you just want to see it get here. It's like having birth, you know, having a baby. I've had three. Um, and I look upon my redirect in life as um, going through my gestation of, of pregnancy and giving birth to myself. Mm -hmm. And there is no, you know, epiphany, light bulb comes on and your life all changes. Uh, those light bulbs can show you a path, but the journey that you start work, uh, walking now is part of that process in that new life. And if we stop and savor every moment, and pay attention to what's around us, we will actually get all the answers we need, all the substance we need, all the encouragement we need, and mm -hmm. just stop being in such a hurry, right? You know, I don't know if I sent you a video about um, the bamboo. No, it is, uh, I have to send it to you, and uh, so you can also post it for your audience. It's a tremendous video. And I won't give it away, so I'll have to send it to you. <laughs> but it is it is magnificent uh, because the bamboo, when it is planted, it takes five years for it to even come out of the ground. And if that farmer didn't water it, if he didn't give it fertilizer, if he didn't take care of it, that bamboo wouldn't go up. And when the bamboo comes up, in something like five weeks or six weeks or 90 feet mm -hmm. and I'll leave it there because I don't want to give the rest away but I mean um, what you're saying is is that it's it, it you couldn't have made that bamboo come up any faster than what it, it was meant to do but when it was ready to grow it was in full bloom it's like a flower it's strong it a while, right before the bud opens but when the bud opens look at what you get Mm -hmm. I have an announcement to share with you. Mm -hmm. This is a biggie. <laughs> um, you know Bill Sosinski, he's the founder of Energy University, 
um, last night we agreed to start the Energy University Publishing House, and I will be um, doing that. So it will be EUC2 Publishing, and uh, we're going to we already have the first book, and it's all about sustainability. Wonderful. And it covers everything. I mean, I started reading it last night. It's 218 pages. It was like, I read it 25 minutes. It was like, boom, 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 boom. And I hope that the, the interesting part about this book is that the, the, the author poses the question and, and poses the problem and then does something that's very important to me, which is instead of saying somebody should do thing, the author said, here is the solution. Mm -hmm. And here's another thing throughout my life that I go, excuse me, how many times something happens and here over and over, somebody should do something, somebody should do something. I reached a point that I said, you are somebody. Yes. Yeah. And I think that that's part of the biggest problem in this world. People do not see themselves as somebody. Mm-hmm. It goes back to these labels. Yes. Yes. You know, and so I would say you're part of the problem if you're not part of the solution. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to be part of the solution, and foremost, you must feed yourself. You must become abundant within yourself, whole within yourself. Now you've actually got something to contribute um, of service to, to be part of the solution to the world. Part of the problem with the world is that there are so many people that are, you know, the roots are dying, you know, and they can't yes. grow, you know, and Very it's well because said. they're in the wrong soil. Um, and they're in the wrong environment and they need to kind of jump over to another patch um, and grow somewhere where the love is, the, the, you know, the care is, where the nutrients are. And when we place that importance upon ourselves, which is very different to self-importance, which is ego-driven, place the importance upon ourselves and why we need to be abundant within ourselves. When we're so enriched and we're that meaningful purpose, and we're vibrating on that wonderful frequency, we now shine that beautiful light on uh, the path for others to follow. And we become <laughs> part of that and seeding and watering and nurturing for you know those other patches to grow. Um, we can be the solution, but first and foremost, we must invest in ourselves so that we can be that beacon of light for others. And you know, you and Bill, are most certainly doing that. You're driven by that passion to um, to celebrate the gifts that people have, to allow them to explore what is possible, to believe in what th- what they can achieve, and support that achievement into actualization. And uh, we need more people like the both of you. This reminds me of something that happened. And it, it just blew my mind. Earlier this year, I received an email from a gentleman um, from MIT. MIT is a very prestigious university here in the United States. And they invited me to be a person to take a challenge. And it was given out by the MIT Solve Lab, S-O-L-V-E, laboratory. And the 
the challenge was how can we help children in refugee camps become viable citizens? And I had that question in my that email in my iPad for something like five minutes. And I made ten phone calls to people that I would have never in my life imagined would take the time to answer the phone. And within a half hour, we had a complete proposal. Mm-hmm. Now, we put it in so quickly because it was, I, I the, the timing of that email was very late. And the, 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 the window of opportunity was just like hours. But we got in. And we are semi-finalists. Now, I don't know what was going to happen because it was just put together with the wind. Yeah. But, Sarah, why did these people answer the phone? Why did these people answer my email? What possessed them to read it when a lot of these very influential movers and shakers have thousands, thousands, and thousands of emails a day. It's that synchronicity of energy that goes out there, that vibration, that frequency that is just above everything else. And they're tuned into it, and they know they need to answer it. Mm-hmm. Right? It's when the, the universe is bringing everybody together in the right harmony. And I think you and I discussed this a while back, and it is that one of the situations where I see the problem going over and over and over in a cycle is this I want this now Yes. and when you approach people who have succeeded and have stayed in alignment to their ethics to their dreams to their calling they're going to look at you and watch you and see if you're strong enough to pay your dues Yes. I equate that with a person saying, I'm going to be an Olympian. Now, if you equate that with a person who's going to be an Olympian, you, you don't say, well, he's going to be an Olympian in five hours. It <laughs> takes years and years and years. Why is it that we think that you can go to someone who's a billionaire and say, I have a 10-minute presentation, give me the money? They're going to look at you and say, honey or son, I went through a trial by fire. Yeah. I'm on the other side, this train tunnel. There's the light. Make it through and we'll see but what you can do. That's that's the point, isn't it? You know, like I've been doing these shows for four and a half years and I've got fourteen hundred shows here. That's seventeen hundred shows of wisdom of people like you that are out there changing the world there's the credibility that's where the true value of the company lies not what's in the bank it's what is in the content what do you stand for where's the consistency and that's what people look at how committed are you to this what have you got Mm -hmm. behind you how credible are you and if they see that that's when they support you You know, Sarah, I mentioned before that I'm a U.S. Navy veteran, and um, one of the things that I discussed with Bill is a situation that we at present are dealing with many people who volunteer. And 
he is a very generous and kind man, and he's his health is 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 not as good as it should be because he takes on so much responsibility. And I finally, after working with him for many years, I just finally put my foot down and said, listen, I'm going to tell you a story. And it's a real story. It's true. And I observed this when I was in the military. Being in the Navy, one of the most important persons on the crew is a signalman. This was years ago. Now you have all kinds of other things. But the person in that crew, uh-oh, my little dog just came in. Well, <laughs> one of the most important persons on that crew ship or aircraft carrier, wherever, is the signalman. That signalman stands in front, has information that will keep that crew safe, and alive and reach their mission in success. Mm -hmm. What happens? There's a Marine standing behind that signalman. That Marine gets shot. Another Marine gets up. That Marine gets shot. Another Marine gets up. And so on and so on and so on. And I told Bill, listen, this doesn't mean that we're going to kill ourselves or die. But you have to stay steadfast. And if some people cannot handle this ship or the seasickness or whatever, it doesn't make them any less. It just says, hey, you need to let us continue. This earth is in a collision course to destroy us into crispy critters. Mm -hmm. And we don't have time. I don't have time to say... I'm a diplomat. I'm not. He is. I tell you, if I have to call someone on the carpet and tell them, you're putting this particular project in jeopardy, and this particular project is to please keep planet Earth vibrant and alive for the children, for our future pioneers, for the children, your blood. How can you hesitate? And yet, I see it every day. Yeah. The hesitation. Oh, I'm not going to make money. Or I'm. you're asking me for too much time. Or this and that. And I think to myself, if there's no planet... You'll have all the time in the world in the afterlife, mm-hmm. yes. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, it's priorities. And, you know, somewhere along the line, we've got to get our priorities right. Um, if you're gasping for air... Uh, and you can't breathe, there you are, you're expired. Um, We're getting to that point where our air quality, um, our food, nutrition and its value, um, you know, just numerous other things are are in question, they're in jeopardy. There's a... Sorry? There's a study that I read. Um, It was very interesting. Um, I believe it happened in New York and it was done posthumous part of my English it's my second language but it was done after the, the people died and these these people um, had been very violent and had been incarcerated for their actions and someone said why did these people behave this way they never did this before it just was out of the blue when they studied the tissue in their brain and they noticed that the membrane had 
the pollution had permeated through their membrane and had caused this violence. Now, Sarah, I pose the question, why is there so much violence on the planet yeah. today? Yeah. It's pollution in the air, in the water, in the food, and in our souls. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah, it, it's it's the old um, you know um, water test. You know, it's constantly told that it's unworthy and unloved and hated, and mm -hmm. then the room where the water is told that it's loved and it's of value and it beautifully crystallizes. We are made up of seventy percent water in our body, and if we're constantly around this negativity, I've done quite a number of shows in this last weeks about the stress and the tension that the um, the whole political arena has imposed not just upon America but the rest of the world because this oh, is the awful. rest of the world and uh, you know we've done a few shows we've actually looked at kind of uh, tapping and meditation and how to bring that stress level down we have to realize that more people are dying from stress today than ever yes. before and uh, th that stress is, is something that's constantly being bombarded on them and it affects the heart it affects the spirit, affects the entire mechanics of the body it affects the sleep pattern. It affects depression. Um, and we're doing this to ourselves. Uh, I call it the CNN effect. Uh, they take a pimple and make it a volcanic eruption. And we went to fear and hysteria. And we've forgotten, which paralyzes. It completely paralyzes. And, you know, when a village is in trouble, the village comes together. What do we need to do to strengthen ourselves? And everybody gets on with it because they know if they don't, the village will die. We're becoming crippled by this fear and this control right now. And we yes. need to step outside of that and go, okay, my sleeves are rolled up. What can we do? Yes. How can we bring back the harmony? How can we bring back the peace? How can we bring back the quality of food? How can we set the planet? We the have timing, to step up right now. The I'm sorry, the, the, the timing of what you're saying, it's not a coincidence. Six to eight months ago, I was with one foot in the grave. And it was caused by a tremendous amount of stress. And it was negativity that was heaped on me over and over and over. And I had tolerated it forever. And I finally said, hey, one more ounce of this and I'm going to be dead. Mm -hmm. And I said, to heck with this. And I started getting rid of that toxicity. And I tell you, it was hell because I had to tell people who were trying to make me feel unworthy say I'm not putting up with this anymore I had to tell people who were trying to take advantage of me say I will work with you but I'm not going to allow you to put me in the straitjacket you're living in right. and I had to speak to a couple of our ambassadors and say you cannot stress out you have you have to stay focused to the end, get to that that bullseye. I mean, I know this is a very strange comparison, but we are heat-seeking missiles in this particular quest. We have to hit it, yeah. not to destroy it, but actually to keep this planet alive. Yeah. Yes, and you know we've got to stop being complacent. Um, you know that you've got the other side of the fear. And the hysteria, you've got the apathy and complacency, oh. and uh, which we saw it in the voting, um, you know. And the thing is, is 
abstaining it's the same as watching somebody being beaten up if you're not uh -huh. doing anything about it you, you're the person that's part of the beating up um I, the apathy it does not work you know, oh i don't know i don't care or it's no what's it got to do with me uh it, it's got everything to do with you because what happens to your neighbor is going to have a ricochet on you and exactly. everybody needs to step up and be part of the solution by being part of the ingredient that the, you know that this table needs um, let's talk about the university. Um, it's opening up in, in uh, January. Will you tell everybody what the university stands for and how it's going to work? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> okay. Um, this, this came about in, in the most... This came about because of the book, The Sustainable Food for Globe. It's one square foot... I can't remember the title. I wrote it. Because I'm so... I wrote this book... And um, I opened my LinkedIn account, and Bill sent me an email and said, "I'm launching this university. Will you have?" And I was like, "Yeah, <laughs> sure. Like, yeah, let's go to McDonald's and eat some horrible food. Sure, we can launch a university." So I started working with him. <laughs> it was hysterical because, oh my gosh, Sarah, you talk insanity I mean to say we're going to take these ideas of saving the planet and put a university together do you know what kind of faces we've seen and what people have said uh huh right <laughs> and yet we are as stubborn as stubborn as stubborn as can be we're insistent consistent persistent stubborn and relentless and that's how never give up never give in it's, no, you know, no. people like you that change the world Chinese have, the Chinese people have a saying fall down seven times get up eight yeah well with okay. Bill with Bill he has and these are not real things, just examples of, of what he's been through. But he actually said one time, I feel like I've been in a bar being beaten off <laughs> to the floor. And I keep getting up to go to sit on the chair and I keep falling down. I'm like, when am I going to stop? And I said, never, <laughs> never. And then he tells me, you got to eat, you got to sleep, you got to relax. Mm -hmm. and I'm like, I don't have time. Yes, you do. If we don't take time, we're going to croak. If we croak, this universe is going to go down. <laughs> the universe goes down, the place explodes. I mean, come on, Sarah. This, is, this could make a comedy, a sitcom. <laughs> so we started this. <laughs> we started this based on my little book and on an email. <laughs> it was just like, I don't, I don't believe it. I look back now and I say, no wonder my family thinks I'm sick. Because they're like, yeah, she's starting a university. Oh my gosh! Anyway, it's been hysterical because the the people that have looked at me like, mm hmm, are you on medications or something? <laughs> I just say, uh, no, we gotta get this university, and you know, and as, as time went on, oh my gosh, the problems with the website, a new website, and an old website, and talking to people and oh yes we'll do this and no they don't or mm -hmm. yes they do when they get burned out I mean the yin the yang the teeter totter back and forth <laughs> the situation is about I would say a year ago we were recognized 
was a very, very big milestone for us because by the United Nations gave us credibility. And it doesn't matter where you stand, if you are for or against the United Nations, at least it's a huge organization. It's a worldwide establishment. Recognize something that made me very, very... And I think it gave us enough energy to say, we're going to ham... We're going to just grab our life source. We're not going to fall in pit of negativity. Grab our life source and we just keep going. So year it, it, it's been it's been building a building a university on a foundation of quicksand and we've had to drain the swamp we've had to let this the, the ground dry and we're at a point where the foundation is there and it the projections are that 2017 is going to be when we bamboo mm-hmm. yeah and shoot. yeah and I am just ecstatic. Um, some of the things that I'm working on, um, as you know, is the ambassador program, and through that, um, I've developed a bulletin, which is EUC2I News Bulletin, which will start as a as a email, and we plan to build it into a magazine and then develop it into a journal, uh, very similar to the MIT journal that we want to make unique is to give a voice to everyone. Mm-hmm. Knowledge, wisdom uh, comes from everything and from everyone. We need to incorporate the children. We need to incorporate grandparents. We need to incorporate aunts, uncles, and cousins. We need to incorporate schools and communities and churches. We need to incorporate everyone. Why? Because we're all standing on the same planet. Yeah. And, you know, this is an off-the-wall idea, but I, you know, do they have another planet to go to? I mean, why is Elon Musk building these, yes. these, these rocket ships and spend a million dollars for a ride? I'm like, are these guys, do they know something we don't know? Well, <laughs> I know that if humanity continues on, there will be no planet. Um, so, you know, basically, folks, what are you going to go to? Because, yes, there may be another Earth out there. But if you've seen the wonderful documentary, The Hubble, um, you will see that we're part of trillions of universes. So it's finding that other Earth. And until you change your attitude into gratitude, um, you're just going to go and and destroy another planet. So yes. instead of you know looking to go, okay, dispose this one, we'll go and find something new to abuse, uh, change your attitude and start investing and caring for the planet that you do have. And do it as if there is nothing else out there. There are some companies, some, some very large Fortune 500 companies, and one of them is Adidas, and they are taking plastic out of the ocean, recycling it into shoes, into the very expensive shoes and there are situations like this all over the place unfortunately this type of of um, news doesn't make it into the no. you know yeah. five o'clock ten o'clock nine o'clock news but you know I'm okay with that right now because the thing I've learned most certainly through this uh, past election um, we know that news is very subjective the, the mainstream media 
um, and there's really very little that we can believe on there because it's all, you know, uh, puppeteering, it's all controlling. Mm. But people sharing ideas on the internet, and we know that millennials and younger are getting their news that way, not going to the mainstream. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think the more we do shows like this and the more we share these stories out there and the more that, you know, the domino effect the, uh, and the spider's web growing, this is mm-hmm. how this news is getting out. And, uh, and people talking about it. So I'm actually okay that it's not in the mainstream because if it was, they'll screw it up. You're right. You're absolutely right. And I don't watch the news. I don't watch TV. My research is done reading articles and through watching videos. And, and the nice thing about that is that you can go over it and over it and glean information. And then you can say which we were taught from your elders and from your professors, go back and check the data, base it on the facts. Yeah, yeah I mean, this is going to be shows here. This, we're getting all this information from the horse's mouth, and it's all from people who embrace their redirect. Uh, people who have now, you know, in that journey of self-discovery have developed tools that they can pass on to people wisdoms that they can pass on to other people um they've seeded a new life and from that growth it now serves their own community and i think this is it may be slower and i you know i'm also waiting for my bamboo shoots um (laughs) but i believe that it you know 2017 is going to be a great year now this university is an online university right so yes it is an online university our goal is to be able to fund it so that it is free and accessible to anyone on the planet. Um, we do have to get funding, and that's <laughs> that was my main job was to be the fundraiser. And um, it, it's been hard. It's been very hard. What I have had a great turnout. People volunteering their services. I mean, um, Nobel laureates doing pro bono classes. You know. Think about it, Sarah. I mean, a lot of people know this, but they're going to find out. I have been bedridden for 26 years. Everything that you've heard me do, I have done it with my iPhone and my iPad Mm -hmm. sitting on my bed, my deathbed. And so when someone says, oh, somebody should do something, I have very little patience. Right. So, <laughs> yep. So my 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 little comment is, if I can do what I have done through an iPad and an iPhone, imagine what you can do if you can walk out of this bed, go down by yourself without a cane or has been holding you, go down the stairs and get in a car and go to a library. Just imagine. Just imagine. Yeah, it's it's no excuses. You know, I'm disabled as well. I do what I can do within my parameters, uh, and you know, chosen. This is the beautiful thing of what the internet has given us. It's given us that ability to go and do what we need to do. Um, so it's looking at what resources and what avenues you can do something. Don't look at what you can't do. Okay, you can't right. do that. What can you do? It's like, no a, it's like it's, a plant. It's, it's just yeah. like a plant. Yeah. If you have a plant and you see that it's not, 
you you take it and you know you prune it you 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 say what do I need to take off of this living creation so that it can get rid of this stuff this dead weight and get it back to becoming strong and this to me is another issue so many people are so afraid to grow yes the best story ever heard by her will give names I can give you and the story was this rabbi was talking about pressure and the pressure of growth and his example was take a lobster when the lobster reaches a point that the shell is so constricting and so confining the lobster gets rid of the shell and is at its most vulnerable it hides but when the other shell comes on it can move and it's stronger and it's bigger right. and this is where I disconnect is disconnect with I need it yesterday it doesn't happen that way something that I just recall that is extremely important to me is this children today can name logos of companies they can name football players they can name basketball players they can name anything but you put a child this is an experiment you put a child a group of children in in a place where they have a bag of potatoes and a bag of potato chips and a person says, where do potatoes come from unfortunately the majority of these children go to the potato chip bag yeah. this is the tremendous disconnect these are the future pioneers the ones that have the, they have to take this earth and produce food if they don't know what a seed does if they don't have a connection with the planet how can you respect something you don't know how can you love something if you never were taught to love yeah that the supermarket is not the farm no right and uh, this is uh, you know um, building a garden in your backyard even building ones that are um, in a rectangular that you can uh, put in, you know, on your on your patio in your apartment mm -hmm. I mean it's just mm -hmm. even having them be aware you know, taking them to gardens my son is about to open up a cafe deli called Humble Roots here where we live and it's it's utilizing all the foods from the local farmers or all locally sourced foods um, congratulations and, and cooking it from you know the growth and growing as much as they can as well and they have a farm right next door a vegetable farm and it's all about taking those wonderful nutrients seasonally putting them together to create a dish that not only you know n nourishes you but you know feeds your soul and feeds your spirit um, we've got to get back yes. to cooking together we've got to get back to educating our kids we've got to stop the fast food thing I have to give a shout out to Deborah Manning, who is in New Zealand. Now, Deborah Manning uh, is a very successful woman. Um, her background is in international law, and um, she represented someone who was in, in, in terrible, terrible straits and won a very difficult case, and that's how she became famous. She just was not feeling satisfied with all that 
And she she did a lot of soul searching and decided that she was going to rescue wasted food. Mm-hmm. She was very gracious and helped me with my second book, Sustainable Food for the Globe, Everyday People Producing Food in Abundance. And when I was interviewing her, I said, well, tell me more about this wasted food. And very gently she says to me, when we get the food, it's no longer wasted, it's a meal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we started chatting about how can we continue to do this? And to her credit and and wonderful, wonderful um, success, she has opened another organization in Australia. And I don't know what she's doing, but I really believe she's going to continue. And uh, I wish her the best. And if anybody can help, you know, there's so many things you can do. Um. Just make people aware, please. If you have something that can feed someone, please don't throw it somewhere where it's going to get filthy. I mean, take it to a food pantry or give it to a church or, you know, just even say to your neighbor, hey, is there, do you know of a neighbor around here who might be, you know, having trouble walking or having trouble to do groceries or cooking. Let's get this over to them. Yes. And these were the things that our forefathers, you know, they, they used to do this. Yes. This yeah. is what American Indians have done this throughout ever. Um, cultures that many people refuse or, or just can don't have the wherewithal to put themselves in that other person's shoes to, to say this is my perspective and this is another story I love telling you a story when I was um, younger I was very fortunate to be accepted at the um, School of the Art Institute in Chicago and to me that was heaven uh, to be surrounded with, with all the work of art and everything but one of the classes that I took was sketching now we were sketching this model and the instructor said, okay, I want you to get the model in the center and everybody put their desks in a circle. So we're all there sketching, you know, concentrating and doing our best. And after a while, the instructor starts making his comments. Oh, that's good. That's great perspective. Yeah, that's a good, you know, and he goes from desk to desk to desk. And then he says, all right, everybody stand up and look, you know, stand behind your desk and look at what you did. And so you're sitting there thinking, oh, this is, you know, I'm criticizing this because I didn't get that. So the professor says, move to your left and look at the other student's work. And it was to me a shift in my mind because the thought that came to my mind is he is looking at the same model in the same room at the same time which means it is the same truth but look at his interpretation look at his perspective everything that I drew on my sketch was his sketch and then you go next to the next one and then to the next one and then to the next one and you complete that circle and believe me you're humbled because you say I didn't see that I didn't know that. Thank you. That's the point, though. Each one of us has a leading personality. There are four 
in some people five key personalities. Uh, the fifth one is a genuine combination of everything um, in, and inequality. But we all have very strong personalities and that's how we receive and that's how we perceive information. And if we just go by our own perspective, it's limited. It's only mm -hmm. seen from us. When we come together with people and s open up that dialogue and hear other perspectives from the whole picture, is what I say to people, get out of your head. The head is the data. It's where all the information is. Bring the soul, the heart, and the spirit into the conversation, and then the mind will know what it needs to know when it needs to know it. We've yes. got to be stop thinking of the all and the end all. We're a huge contributor, and our perspective counts but if we're not willing to listen and understand everybody else's how are we going to see the whole picture it's interesting that you say that because a lot of times people say well how should just you and I just laugh and I go don't do this to me I'm just a gardener yeah. and I'm told you're much more than a gardener I said no I am a gardener and many times they don't get it I am someone who takes the knowledge of an embryo of a seed. I put it onto the earth and I watch and listen and observe and say, how do I nurture you so that you can grow and survive and bloom and give so much back? One seed, one seed, and you have a whole 10-foot sunflower that feeds the birds, that feeds the squirrels, and feeds me. Mm -hmm. And I have so much left that I say, yo, neighbor, help me here. I don't want this to go to waste. One seed. Yeah. And these seeds are eaten by every single human being on this planet, every living being on this planet, every piece of material on this planet. And why do we continuously take it for granted? I, one of the things that I try to say in, an, in a very nice way to students is the following. You want to be an attorney? Good. You want to be a doctor? Good. You want to be an IT specialist? Good. But you don't want to be a farmer because you think that's beneath you. I have a question to ask you. And just bear with me, okay? Here's the question. You're hungry. You go to a doctor's office and say, I'm hungry, feed me. He says, I don't have anything to give you. All I have are these, you know, files and these medicines and stuff. I have food. So you go to the lawyer's office and say, I'm hungry, feed me. What is that lawyer going to give you? I mean, he doesn't have any food. You go to an IT specialist and they use Mr. Computer Techno with, I'm hungry, feed me. And they're going to say, I don't have anything here. You go to a farmer or a gardener and you say, I'm hungry, feed me. And you know what that person says? Get over, I got potatoes, I got tomatoes, I got stuff. I'll get to my neighbor, they have chickens and they got eggs. That one over there has a cow and this one over here has this. And you know what? You have a feast. Mm -hmm. You have a feast. Why? Because the humblest person, the people that we look down to, the people that have to be in that heat picking those little pieces of fruit or those little vegetables they're looked down at but without them where would it be where would those lawyers be where would those IT specialists be nowhere right. because they would have died yeah. common denominator we all have to eat 
We all mm -hmm. have to eat. And if we start valuing, respecting, showing gratitude for where our food comes from, from the people that bring it to us, for the way that we eat it, the way we appreciate it, the way that we cook it, I think just a whole lot of gratitude needs to be inserted in here um, in order for us to actually truly understand what sustainability is all about. Um, we can, and this planet has sustained itself for thousands and thousands of years. It's not the planet that's the problem, it's us. And mm -hmm. in the last 100 years uh, or 150 years, we have done so much damage to this planet. Um, it's very, very disturbing. Yeah. And, you know, Sarah, I understand the love to go see a football game, and I, I, I enjoy basketball, I love hockey, uh, the tennis matches, and I can see all those people, all that energy, and all that excitement, and I said, what if we took one day a week, all these people, and just went to a little plot of land and tended to it, what could we do? We could eradicate hunger in one season. It is and sick that we have in 2016 hunger in this world. It is. What is really sick, wrong. Sarah? It's what is really sick is that at this time on this planet, we produce enough food, so much wasted food yes. on this planet, we could feed every human being, every animal, anything that needs to be fed three times over. There's so much stuff in the ground, so much trash, so much stuff. We have more junk in the ground than we have land to grow food. Yes. Now tell me, that petrifies me, yeah. especially for the children 10, 15 years down the road. Honest to goodness, Sarah, if my parents left a planet like this for me, I would I would disown him. I would be so angry. I would say, how could you bring me this world? How can you say you love me? How can you say all this stuff and not protect the exact thing that's going to keep me alive? Yeah. And, you know, the thing is, too, is... Um we're consuming too much and a lot of the reason we're consuming too much is because we're eating empty calories and empty nutrition and more people are dying from malnutrition than uh, than anything else than hunger um, mm -hmm. we're hungry because the food we eat with GMO and with all this chemicals that are put in there preservatives that are put in there they just make us uh, you know hungry for more food when you actually eat the food that's been grown properly that really has the full nutrition in it you don't need to eat as much we don't need to be so opulent we are more grateful for what we have and our bodies are too and can sustain themselves so much more economically you know that reminds me of when I was growing up and my grandmother would teach me how to make bread and they were all quality ingredients and I remember that loaf of bread when you had that loaf of bread at the beginning of the meal you were like grandma I can't eat anymore right. I had a glass of water with this bread and I'm so full eat your vegetables yes. but that bread that slice of bread you know that 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 really filled you and what kind of bread do we eat now? I yeah. mean, this Hello. stuff, artif yeah. it's artificial. Yeah. 
Now, I remember we had, I grew up in England and and we had help that used to come over and one of them two or three times a week baked the bread. And we would just be sitting in kitchen waiting, you know, with the butter knife. And as it comes mm-hmm. out of the oven and then you hear <laughs> as the loaf. And then you take the butter and pour it over this beautiful hot bread. Oh, you know, I mean, she, yes. always, she always had to make extra because we consumed the loaf right there and then. You know? That and is <laughs> luxury. With fresh, that is fresh wealth. honey or fresh jam, you know, perfect. Mm. <laughs> that, that, you're talking about wealth. Yeah, exactly. That right there is abundant. And yeah. if you can get that, you know, if you can get that even a week, you know the shift in your life? Yeah. When my husband retired, he became a chef. And he's terrible when he started. But now you should see the things that he makes. It, it, it just He does celebrate. And I used to I used to cook, and I, I just don't do that anymore. So he took on the cooking. And when he has guests over and he sees how happy they are and how plentiful, it's like, what happened to the phrase, let's break bread together? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, let's have, you know, let's have some french fries. It doesn't sound that. No, I mean, one of my favorite things is, you know, uh, around the table, um, enjoying food, enjoying laughter, enjoying each other's company, and I think that is one of the best experiences, you know, we can have. It's that us, you know, through breaking bread, through enjoying a good meal, in appreciation of each other and of the food in front of us, and it's a wonderful feeling that really fortifies us. So just you know, and and <laughs> so just getting back to the university, I'm going to have Bill on. He's going to be on our new show, Eco Sustainability Show, and he's coming on beginning of January, and we'll be sharing about the university but uh, it's going to be teaching sustainability and also through technology yes it's going to uh, we want everything that is teachable mm-hmm. um, we have requested at this point over 400 um, we have over 400 courses that will be coming on board sometime next year and they're from everything entrepreneurship um, taking care of, of children, helping children learn, um, using the wisdom from veterans, um, putting the wisdom from what we call the gray-haired grannies <laughs> and the growing uppers. Um, that's from Chris Coop. And then we have Alexandra Roche, who has worked with veterans and helps them out. Fantastic woman. She's written, I think, several books. Uh, we have Adrian Thomas, who is an ambassador, and he is a marvelous person working on autism. He is an autistic person and has managed to write eight books, best-selling books. And it's a marvel to see when he focuses. A lot of the children who have autism have extremely high IQs, and this is something that is very dear to Bill, which is to get genius mm-hmm. out of that turbulence. Um, there are other people, for example, Peter Legrand, he is in Thailand and he is a total um, he, he is going to total sustainability. He has several websites that, that explain um, this is how you produce food and this is how you build sun 
um, you know, the the, the 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 sun panels and this and that. So he and his wife um, grow coffee. They they grow everything that they need. Um, then we have David Weaver, who does a lot of research. Uh, he posts every single day three, four, five, six articles on Energy University's Facebook page, and he he focuses on, on uh, climate, on um, the oceans, the weather, um, things like that. Um, there are many more ambassadors. You got John Hood. Yes, of yes, course. Friend who I've interviewed of a couple course. Of yes. John. Oh my gosh, I love him. Yes, a real passionate he, person. He is. He. You have to do a show with him if you haven't. No, I have. But I've interviewed him twice. I have to listen to it because, as a matter of fact, he is up for some type of prize. Yes. Yes. Let's vote for him. Yes, most certainly. I have done already. Um, yes. And, uh, you know, he's a person, uh, you know, he calls himself an orchard and, and is teaching people, you know, about the trees and about the land. And, um, you know, and I did a show with him on his own. And then I did one with a friend who has come up with a, um, a, a different form of recycling plant of taking recycling. I'm na- actually being able to recycle food and uh, provide it to third world countries, etc., which was an uh. interesting show. That thing out that there's so much innovation out there, isn't it? You know, the thing yes. is, everybody thinks that all of this information is going to be in regular universities by professors, but the no. information that comes from people that are doing it, that, you know, have devised a technique, who have found a solution, those are the people that really make the better teachers because they're hands-on. It's not theory. They're doing right, it. and and there is so. Just think about this. Any person who has had ten days in the, uh, on the planet has experienced ten days. Yeah. So if you've been in this planet twelve years, that's twelve years. If you've been in this planet seventy-two years, imagine what you picked up every single day. And it's not just a human. I mean, if you take time to look at trees. I mean, they, they, they just did a TEDx talk about the underground network of how trees communicate with each other and the mother tree, how she can provide to the, to the seedlings so that she says, she, she provides the, the energy flow that says, there's a storm coming, this is how you yeah. survive, or there's a drought coming, this is how you survive. These are trees. Can well, you imagine um, what the birds do or what? No, no, I, I you know, the just... trees. I have great communication with trees. And, <laughs> and, and actually, here's something else because I do an awful lot of shows on energy and energy reading. And most of people's energy is, you know, when they say ground, put your feet on the ground, get your energy from that. And like it will go uh, up from the roots of a tree and then come out through its leaves. My mm-hmm. energy is actually based, uh, I'm not, I haven't got a human energy uh, imprint. I have a, a plant energy uh, I actually get from the trees uh, you know from the leaves the branches mm-hmm. the cosmic energy and then it goes out through my roots out to all the other trees so I'm reversed on yes. that and you know this is another thing about quantum energy and quantum physics and um, and a number of other things that are going on there when we take all these sciences and we put them together we actually understand how much of energy um, usable energy that we can produce um, I'm not talking about plugging in. I'm talking about other sources. That's what uh, the word energy means. Exactly. The use of energy. Yes. And that is where Bill shines. Mm-hmm. Um, 
he he is an energy expert. <laughs> well, I've got, I got a, I've got another bill that uh, is actually opening up a mindology university, and it's about taking the creativity of the mind, and he's a program that uh, helps you stay uh, in in your zone, in your focus, at recognizing when you're out of it, and it's a, a very, very interesting program, and he's the energy reader as well, and I'm going to have to get the two bills together and do a you show know, as well. Sarah, um, there's something <coughs> that... that it is hard for me to understand. A lot of the creative people on this planet don't fit the mold. And yet, what mold? Again, Who's again, mold? Uh, the banana. The banana <laughs> yeah, is exactly. the strawberry. <laughs> yeah. You gotta become a banana, and the tomato thing it doesn't make any sense. The yeah, banana thing. exactly. I've got a gazillion million troopers here dressed up guns. And you have to become a banana. Yeah. It's not doable. No, it isn't. And that's the thing. And then when you talked about autistic kids, you know, I, I have one I've interviewed where she wrote her own book and she went on to get a degree in animation. Um, and, you know, absolutely brilliant. I have a 10-year-old uh, coming on next week who wrote a book for 365 Days of Gratitude with a Positive Attitude. You know, we're looking at people now that are embracing their gifts and because mm -hmm. they don't fit old, you know, I always say that society's biggest problem is society, a society's dictation on what you should be. Yes. Not an embracement of what you can be and what yes. you are. And I'm about celebrating those people that have been reborn into who they are and living that meaningful bit. When I was teaching international trade um, at, um, let's see, Oakton Community, in, in this Plains, Illinois, the the my students were businessmen, businesswomen, and uh, community um, organizers, etc. And they had huge dreams. And um, one of the things that I would say to them is, "You are never false. Don't let anyone tell you you have to fit in the bathtub." Right. They got it. Mm -hmm. They got it. They said, okay, I get it. And who is giving that message to our children? Yes. And you know what? Look at our kids today. Seriously, look at them. Millennials down. The amount of gifted children I've come across that just simply, you know, that's where that knowingness comes in. They listen to their soul, mm -hmm. their heart, and their spirit. And they don't worry about what their mind knows. They speak from the soul, heart, and their spirit, and then the mind knows what they need to know when they yes. need to know it. And they express it. And look at the innovations that are coming from them, the creativity, the, the skills way beyond this. And it's because they've opened up to that divine energy, to that divine channel, and letting it just come right through them. And they don't question it. They don't They're not afraid. It. They're not afraid of it. They just live it. And we have become so complex with our stupid mindset. I think intellectualism has destroyed our intelligence. Oh, oh, yes. Yes. Right? Because we've it's become toxic. so it's fixated toxic. on on intellectualism and, and PhDs and DDDs and BBDDs, you know, is as that defines us. And we're forgetting the divine intelligence that's within us. It's funny that you say PhDs because I have um, somewhere in, on, on one of my Facebook somewhere, I did a small um, podcast saying 
um, that's where it is. Energy University think tank. We have like forty-five people, and they they never post anything, but they send me private messages. Um, do you think this could be? I said, hey, it could be if you can think it, it might happen. Yes. And, yes. Um. So, you know. They don't fit the mold, and they're so afraid to say anything. And you have seen the pictures of Tiananmen Square. There's a man holding yes. a bag of groceries, standing in front of that tank, and that tank stopped. Yes. There's a child. There's a picture of a child somewhere in the Middle East who is screaming. A video who is screaming at the army. You do not take that person out of my home. And those soldiers back down. Yeah. There's a woman who is being ready to be beheaded by ISIS and say, kill me. I will not give up my belief. And they don't kill her. Mm -hmm. It is a matter of saying, I am not afraid. And when you say, and you honestly mean this, and this might sound a little macabre, but it's the truth. When you say, I'm not afraid to die, you won't believe how, how fast mean? people. And I keep telling a few things. And one is, from a lion, Bill calls me lion-hearted. One is, I'm asleep. I'm not dead. Mm -hmm. The other one is, lions don't need to roar. No. The other one is, the truth, all things being equal, is like a lion. Set it free, and it pretty much takes care of itself. And the one that I just invented for us at Energyme, a lion is born to face death every day. Fear is not an option. Mm -hmm. And that's what's moving us. It's, it's looking at the barbarity that's happening right outside our windows. Yeah. It's seeing the, the depletion of birds, the depletion of air. The depl and we still say there is a tomorrow. There are children on this planet. There is a future. Yes. And you it know, when, when, when we look at it, 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 the children and the animals are teaching us how to be humane because we oh, seem to have forgotten. Oh, yes. My mother, mother's past wrote a beautiful story about Horatio Mouse. And Horatio Mouse went to the jungle in Africa and ended up becoming king. And how did a mouse rule against the lion and the tigers and everything else? And it's a beautiful story of the coming together and uniting. Um, and it just shows, you know, we don't have to be the lion. We can be the no, mouse. No, we and don't. Our, and our mouse voice can still be heard. It's about our conviction. It's about our passion. It's about our belief. What do we stand for? And how does it serve humanity? And when mm -hmm. you step into that vibration, you are part of that solution. You are part of that inspiration. As they say, my shows are about inspiration to become invitation. Mm -hmm. And we're inviting you to step into your own inspiration. Be inspired to take your own journey. I talk about divaism, an acronym. You know, a, a diva is a dreamer who is inspired by the vision that they aspire to reach and genuinely humanity. Lovely. And I'm interviewing divas. If you have a dream. That dream inspired you to see a vision, to actualize and share it with others. And I think the more we start being grateful for each other, the more we open up communication with each other and truly hear from each other's perspective, the more we celebrate the gifts that each one of us bring to the table, the more that symphony will grow and the harmony and the crescendo of our song will be heard everywhere. You know, Sarah, 
I have to share something with you. Throughout my life, the people in my life have always made me feel that I'm not good enough. <laughs> and I have worked and worked and worked and worked straight. That's expected. Uh, uh, you're in the military. That's expected. University honors. That's expected. It's never good enough. And this, I told you six months ago, I had a, a epiphany. And I said, it is good enough. And you know what it was? I did my curriculum vita. And I put everything that I have done. I said, man, yes, that's impressive. Exactly. And I was like, finally, I said, wait a minute. Sarah told me this. Yeah, look it. Or Julia said this. Look. And I started listening to the people who saw what I had done instead of the people who said it's not good enough. Precisely. And that's what we need to give the children. Say, you're not good enough. You have to confine yourself on this desk. You have to sit and read this book. No. Put him outside. Put him in a garden. You will see them see miracle of life. You will see them get it and understand and say, I have a very powerful position in this planet. I have the wherewithal to help others. And if we don't do that, if we don't teach children how to help others, how are they ever going to learn it? How are they going to help themselves? They're going to always exactly. be looking to someone else to provide. You know, it's the old thing, don't give them a fish, teach them how to fish. Yes. Right? So, you want sustainability, teach them how to respect the land and be sustainable within that land. That appreciation and that gratitude for the land will transcend for everything else they do in life. Yes. Well, my dear, we, we're at an hour and a half. We've gone over, and I don't care. Because <laughs> so for those that are enjoying the show, um, I hope that you've got as much out of it as certainly as I have. And, and I know I'm going to be having you back on again. And uh, I've received the honor of being ambassador of, of the university myself, and I've looked at contributing in any way that I can. And uh, looking forward to having Bill on in January um, on the Eco Sustainability Show, and uh, and all the other people that you have. I'd love to interview every single one of those ambassadors. Sarah, and the wonderful thing is that we're going to be adding many more. Yes, ambassadors. Yeah, and I am delighted that you will be taking that wisdom and sharing it with your audience uh well you know this is you've got to find something to stand for in life you've got to find something that's meaningful to you something that you're willing to stand by and stand up for and commit to uh, and never waver from and when you find that that's your meaningful purpose that's what you're here for you're unwavering you're, you're steadfast your belief that doesn't mean unflexible but you're in such belief and when you find that path, there is no other option other than to support it and uh, and get out there and speak out about it. And you and Bill are doing this as the people that you've chosen to be an ambassador. And together, we will make a difference. I believe that to be true. Now, give everybody links and uh, how they can get hold of you and uh, your sustainability food for the globe and all of that. I think the easiest way to get a hold of me is to my email, norma.burnson at gmail.com. Uh, my last name is spelled B-U-R-N-S-O-N. -S um, 
to know what's happening, again, normabernson.com. It's a blog, and that is where I would really love people to go and put their ideas. That blog is the behind-the-scenes crazy moments of authors putting together a book, and the book is Sustainable Food for the Globe, Future Pioneers, the Children. And we have wonderful people, and the messages that they're giving and saying, this is my wisdom, this is my, my little light, and I want to give this and hand it down. And we have from PhDs, just glorious grandmas, we have a couple of young authors, uh, we have a young girl named Alicia, and uh, when she was talking to her mother, she said, I want to help the poor people, but first I have to devise the fuels. <laughs> and she's 12. Right. And the mother says, what are biofuels? But she knows. It, it, we have another boy. He's a very young boy. He's autistic. And his is planet. The, 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 I cannot even fathom what he's saying, mm -hmm. but it's fascinating because he talks about all the planets and the galaxies, and he has actually done pictures that are from his mind and actual galaxies, yeah. from, from, and it's, it's just amazing. You so cheered. it runs from mm -hmm. the very young to the very old, and it runs, you know, if a squirrel has, and for example, my belief is squirrels don't have arthritis. Yes. So we could ask them, what do you do not to get arthritis and please share anybody, anything. If you look at it with a point of view of adventure, with a point of view of the child you're born, it's a marvelous, marvelous yeah. adventure. Yeah, it is. All the answers are here. I always say every answer is here. All we have to do is pay attention to the signs and be open and willing to receive um, and the reason I do these shows because there's 1,700 shows here with 1,700 answers and there's one that fits you, if not more than one. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we've got to step up in our own lives and stop moaning about ourselves and start looking at, you know, what, uh, how awesome we really are and embrace that. Uh, and when we find that purpose, that's when it really comes into play. Her other sites are also sustainablefoodfortheglobe.com and Energime University, which is E-N-E-R-G-I-M-E -E University, which is an executive director of. And you can see what's happening with the university. As I said, the founder, co-founder Bill will be on in January under Eco-Sustainability Banner and a lot more. Uh, that's where we will be interviewing um, the ambassadors um, of the Energime University um, on that genre and all about getting those solutions out. Uh, to what you can do, how you can be a part of it. It's not all about the scientists. It's not all about the academics. It's about each and every one of us finding something that we can do that can change and save this planet. Um, and if we all step up, you know, the ocean is made up of many drops. Uh, be that contributing drop, and we will see how much ocean can flow. So, my darling, thank you so much for being with us here today. It has Absolutely wonderful. Thank you so much, Sarah. Uh, it's always a delight. Know you're going to be back on again. I've got a few round tables I want you to be on uh, with a few other sustainable people in the world, and uh, we will do that in the new year. But um, 
Thank you for listening, folks. I hope that this has inspired you to just step up and look at things differently and to be a part of it. Keep an eye on the Amazon University. It launches next year. Uh, if you are a person that has wonderful gifts and ideas, please contact Norma and let her know. Uh, it is about togetherness. It is about a standing together. Um, it's not about one person being all. It's about all of us being one. So thank you very much for listening. Until time, bye for now.